you're anything like me, you probably have a blank jersey or two sitting in your closet just waiting for a new name and number to be put on it. Well, good news. Our friends over at Customized Sports have you covered. Customized Sports offers high-quality professional look at your home. With just four simple steps, you can have any player's name on any jersey you want. To get started, visit CustomizeSports.com to find what you need. Thank you to Customized Sports for sponsoring us. Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of the 13th Man Podcast. It's Shane, got Frankie with me. I hope you guys are all staying safe, staying home, and practicing uh, social distancing and safe social distancing practice. Uh, how are you doing today, Frankie? Just a lot like last week. You know, we're still sitting inside trying to get through this as best as possible, but, you know, I guess we're all right. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much more we can do outside of trying to stay busy inside, doing our best with that. Uh, on today's episode, we've got a special guest that will be coming out coming up later, but we have four topics of discussion. Uh, we'll start off with the first one, which is what changes outside of the rules, obviously, would you like to see the NFL, uh, the CFL make? Um, so, Frankie, I'm going to toss that question off to you and let you start it off. Yeah, I think the longer I thought about that question, I think it became very, very obvious that the big thing that I would change if I had any control over anything was just the marketing in general. You know, there's not much of a, a reach for the CFL right now. We don't see the players on TV unless it's for a game. You know, we don't see certain things like, you know, you can look at Peyton Manning as an example and say, yep, that guy's from the NFL and also Papa John's. You know, we don't have any representation like that in the CFL. And I feel like that does kind of hurt it in a way. And, you know, just the fact that we can't see, uh, you know, the CFL with any kind of impact on social media, unless it's directly through CFL fans. Also, I feel like in the end kind of hurts the game. Yeah, I think changing marketing some way, somehow would be ideal. I think if we were going forward, we would need a broader reach. And if that's, you know, more commercials, like they do those like uh, round tables during the season. Why not have, why not TSN have like a 30 minute segment on TSN 2, you know, every Tuesday where players and coaches sit down and they just, they talk. I think it would be great for the league and it would be a great, you know, off-season, even in-season excitement for, for the fans and reaching out to new fans. I think part of the marketing too is, uh, if you can remember back to uh, the free agency first day, there was, there was nothing on TV about it. Uh, us in Ottawa didn't have radio coverage of it because we were off talking about what the Senators were doing, which, realistically, who cares? Um, you know, the team wasn't making the playoffs. They weren't any good. What were you talking about? So I ended up listening to the, uh, the radio show in Hamilton, and I think that may have been the only one that was specifically CFL free agency focused. And – you know, whenever the NHL has its free agency, it's all day long, all day long spectacle across all of the TSN, across all of Sportsnet. And then the CFL does it and we get no coverage. So I think 
you know, it, the, the networks are going to play a big role in growing the game. And I, I just don't know why TSN, especially on the radio side of it, doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't to knock TSN because they've done a lot more good for the league than bad. But CFL, free agency should be maybe a little bit bigger. And their argument is that, you know, the only show that they do a a free agency show for is the NHL. But it would be nice to even have like an hour or two where you hear from different teams and whatnot. So obviously there's a lot to be done, especially at this time where you're not really sure what the league is going to do and where we're going to end up. My thing and where I think the team would, the league would succeed for changes outside of the rules would be fan interaction and the apparel side. The kind of because you go to the NF or the, the NHL and they'll be you have so many things you can buy so many different things. The CFL is very limited and it's also where you can buy it, you can only generally buy it jerseys maybe at two stores you can't really buy a lot of knickknacks and stuff at other stores you have to go down to the arena to do it and the arena store has like six hours of open time and if you can't make it out there well you're kind of out of luck so for me it goes down with the marketing but it would be getting into malls or opening up stores outside of just the arena because that way more fans have a wider range of getting stuff and you're still getting the money. It would just allow fans a bigger reach. Like I'm at, in Ottawa, we have 10 outlets. If the CFL or like, yeah, if the CFL put out a store there or in Rideau center or at Bayshore where you can go and you can get a wide range of CFL stuff, you know, Every city has more than just their team. So you yep. open it up to other teams. It, it would be a better thing for the league overall. And I know, I know in Ottawa we have send stores all over the place. Um, I know there's one at Bayshore. No, there uh, isn't. There's only or, Sorry, at Carlingwood there's one. Yeah, Carlingwood, um, Orleans, and Byward Market. Yeah. That and no one in, knows is there. And then in Toronto, they have the Jays shop all over the place. So other other leagues and teams have this kind of thing. I don't know if a team-specific store would really work out. I know the Red Blacks had one uh, somewhere along Bank Street when the, the stadium was being finished and their actual store location wasn't done yet. Um, but I, I, I think if you're able to build up a fan base, and again, you come back to the marketing and the growth of the game through TSN and other networks like that, um, if you're able to build off-site stores, I think that could also help people, you know, have their eyes drawn to it. You can buy tickets through those stores potentially, uh, you know, even offer deals. You know, you buy this jersey, you get two free tickets to a game kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't have to be a team store. And I think that's where people are like, oh, this isn't going to work. Is that if you look at Ottawa, yeah, we're a big red, like Ottawa's a big Red Blacks, you know, market but there's a lot of people in Ottawa that cheered for other teams because Ottawa didn't have 
a, a CFL team. And then those people aren't just going to jump ship to, to join the Red Blacks Alliance. And that's fair. And you have things like that in, you know, every, every market where teams, where you have fans for other teams. So if you open up a CFL store, you're not going to lose, you're not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt your market at all. It's going to expose the league. It's going to expose more of the league to more people. Yeah, and I don't know if you go to Lids very often or not. <laughs> not free, sh- free shout out to Lids there, but um, I mean, I go there frequently before the whole lockdown stuff, and to to see the the severe limitation on what's there for CFL stuff, uh, you know, there's like a one kind of hat for each team, and then there's like a couple red black stuff sprinkled throughout the store because of we're in Ottawa. Um, I don't understand why a company like new era can't get their CFL stuff into a, a, a store that is so populated like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a different d- discussion for a different day. Um, but with all this marketing talk, got to head over and, you know, Atlantic Canada is now in serious question with one of their founding members now joining the Ottawa Senators, what, where are we going to, what happens with Atlantic Canada? Is it something that's just dead in the water? Do you think it's going to move on and be something more and actually get fulfilled? I'm on the, the side of optimism. Uh, I'm, ha- I'm glass half full. I know you were saying that you're not as optimistic before. So, you know, personally, I think it's fine. It's going to work out if their councils can get things worked. What, where are you sitting on it? Well, so the Sens hired uh, Anthony LeBlanc, who was a founding partner in the Schooner Sports Entertainment, the group trying to bring the CFL team to Halifax. Um, and I think for them, I think that he's kind of said to himself here that, this isn't going to happen, or at least not in the near future. I'm going to go to a place where I, you know, I can get paid and I can, I can know that I have a job going into the future. And especially with COVID now, I have to question if there's going to be the money available to build the stadium, to pay the expansion fee, which who knows how much that's going to be at this point. Um, I, just, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel for this. And I think that we've actually kind of taken a couple steps back from where we were before, you know, about three months ago. Yeah, COVID has definitely hurt a lot. And I don't know, I think I'm just, you know, if you look at how long it took Ottawa to get a team, it's, you know, they, they started going in like 2008. It took them almost six years to get to get the team playing. Yeah. So it's for me it's a little bit harder to be oh it's dead in the water it's not going to happen. But I can see where people are are worried. I hope that people can realize like the counselors and the people making the decisions realize that this it would be the betterment of that area. It would create jobs, economy we would boom. It'd be great to go out to Atlanta, Canada for some football. There's certainly things that, you know, 
counter that point of there's negatives for sure. Uh, and Schooner Sports Entertainment did release a statement saying that they are committed to developing the, a community in a stadium in Halifax, bringing the CFL's 10th franchise to Atlantic Canada. Um, and Gary Drummond, who's another founding partner, will assume the, the group's lead spokesman role moving forward. Yeah, like I just, unfortunately, you know, he may have thought that the, the his vision was dead in the water. We'll see. Maybe it's just a part-time thing. Who knows with Ottawa? Um, but that's something that we're going to keep updated and keep looking forward to over the next couple of months. It's not I mean, just going to go away. I'll tell you, I'll be over there the first time the Red Blacks are playing there. At, 100%. Like, at some point, it's going to happen, right? Uh, hopefully. if Honestly, if, I highly doubt, Like, in my opinion, the first game in Atlantic Canada should be BC. Oh, you I think, think we're going coast to coast straight away? I think so. You have to. A home and home series, maybe? Uh, you have to. I think that would be so much fun. Because yeah, I mean, you have it would it'd be the best way or you do you kick off the season with BC in Atlantic Canada and then you end the season with Atlantic Canada Atlantic Canada in BC. I think that'd be the best way to kick off the CFL season is with a cross a coast to coast battle. I mean honestly, BC's the only team that like you should opening weekend should be rivalry weekend for the the CFL with Atlantic Canada, unless you do it Labor Day. Yeah, but I feel like Labor Day so far. Is, imagine one weekend where you have, you know, Ottawa versus Montreal, Toronto versus Hamilton, Edmonton versus Calgary, Winnipeg versus uh, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, and BC versus Atlant- uh, the Atlantic Shooters or whatever they're going to be called. You yeah. know, like, that would be, a would wild be week. such an exciting first week. Uh, I like how it's been decided, too, that BC's biggest rival is a team that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> I mean, they don't really have a rival. No, they're kind of, it's kind of a weird spot for them because, I mean, you can look at the Toronto-Hamilton have been rivals forever. Ottawa-Montreal have a pretty – I mean, when the games are competitive, it gets pretty heated, but – for They've the most part, had. those games haven't been competitive. But I mean, the last couple of years, but, you know, you saw the the peak Ottawa rival, Ottawa-Montreal rivalry with Deron Carter and Rick Campbell. I would almost say, though, that Ottawa's biggest rival is Hamilton. Only, only because of the playoffs, the playoff games. And I'm the just... games... They've played each other late in the year when the games really matter, where they're going down to see who's going to win the divisions. Yep. And this isn't anything against most Hamilton fans, but you know, I'm not a huge fan of the, a certain particular kind of Hamilton fan. It just seems that there's a lot of them. Um, (laughs) I remember going to Hamilton and some guy coming over to the group of red blacks fans that was there calling us a bunch of pricks wanted to fight us. Um, You know, just the, the fun kind of stuff. I think every team, every fan base has that. It's not just him. For sure. But, but it just, I, can, I can definitely know what you're talking about. I get into Twitter beef with Hamilton fans more than anything I find. Which, I mean, it's fine by me. I'll, I'll, you know, crap all over the Tiger Cats anytime I want. Hey, our games speak for ourselves. That's all we got to say. <laughs> not last year. They didn't. No, no, no. We'll forget about that. That never happened. 
Um, but, you know, I think it would be beneficial for the league to go into that. Um, Absolutely. But there's, there's nothing we can do. So we're on to the next subject a little bit. And that is some CFL player news. And some news I'm very, very excited for. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll start with the CFL vet in SJ Green. So we'll kick it off with him, and then we'll go to the other guy. So, Frankie, you're the one who found it. You're going to the one who breaks it. So SJ Green has said – that he wants to return to the CFL, but he wants to do it with the Owls. Um, I don't know what the Owls cap situation looks like, but I feel like a Vernon Adams Jr. SJ Green connection is going to be pretty sweet when we see that. Hopefully we see it. Um, but I, I got to wonder what Montreal is going to do to get him there because there's no way that he's going to go there for free. Yeah, well, obviously. But, you know, I don't think uh, Daquan Bray – is on their books anymore with his unfortunate run-ins. Yep. But it makes sense. It, it makes sense that he wants to finish his career where it really started. I don't blame him for it. I think it'll be great. It gives Vernon Adams another weapon. You know, I think if you put him, Gino Lewis, and James Wilder, that's going to be one hell of a bat. Like, that's going to be one, you know, great, trio right there you know and then you add in the fact that if our if the cfl season doesn't start till september there's a couple of guys that might be able to to be freed up that come back it's going to be interesting are we possibly looking at the cfl east being better than the cfl west this year god no you don't think so no i i think you're seeing the cfl east though become the most competitive it's been in the I think last that's six seven years 100 percent. i i because the one thing i will say is that any team even toronto has a chance to win the east and yeah team, I, this is the first year where i feel confident in saying that we don't know who's going to win the the divisions i, I don't even want to throw you can you can kind of make the assumption that okay Calgary is going to do really well they're most likely going to win it's going to be Hamilton this year I I don't think you can it you know Saskatchewan's got better BC's gotten better Calgary's going is always going to be competitive Edmonton's gotten better I, honestly I I think Edmonton might be the one of the worst teams in the West this year. But how how bad is that? Because you can, there's been the years where you can finish fourth in the West and have a winning record. I I wonder how many teams are going to be close to 500 this year. It, I like I look at the league right now and I don't see one team that sticks out in front of the rest of the pack. I don't think you're going to see a Hamilton 13 and three or whatever it was, 15 or 15 and three or whatever their record was last year. I think it was 15 and three. I don't think That's you're going to see that. I think you're going to see tenant a lot of like 10 and 8 to 12 and 6. I would be very surprised to see anyone over 12 wins. I don't I don't know if you can say that 12 wins is going to be the cap. 
you know, there's going to be some solid teams, but like even in the in the West this year, thirteen and five was the, was the first place. So I think that kind of thing is going to repeat itself. Um, I don't think BC is only going to win five games. Ottawa's going to win more than three. Toronto's going to win more than four. That's what I'm saying. Is that if you're saying that thirteen and five was the max for the West, well, BC had five wins and Ottawa had three, and Hamilton had 15 15 and Ottawa had three and whatnot those wins are going to have to offset somewhere yeah I think I think division winners are probably going to finish at 12 and 6 something yeah, like that as I'm saying is that the cap I would be surprised if the cap isn't 12 and 6 I'd be very shocked to see a team over 13 wins yeah I, I think this is good for the league too because you go into the year you know, Hamil- we know Hamilton's going to be good. We know Montreal's probably going to be solid, assuming that VA doesn't take a step back. Uh, assuming Arbuckle can come in and, and do anything, Ottawa should win at least seven games, you would think. Um, and even Toronto with Matt Nichols, that, that could completely change that team. And then, you know, BC's gotten better. Edmonton, I mean, I'm not Edmonton's a huge Trevor Harris fan. Still, but so I just... They did just sign Amarty Edwards, which you know makes them better for sure. But 100%. I don't look at I don't look at any teams this year and say, "Wow, they got They're worse free agency." There's no runaway favorites for sure. And you know, moving on to our next guy, and this, <laughs> this is what makes it so much more complicated: is the Red Blacks just signed Jalen Saunders to a one-year deal. I am licking my lips at this right now. That's so Arbuckle to Saunders connection, man. That is going looking, to be very good. But you're looking at a team now that can run Anthony Coombs, RJ Harris, Jalen Saunders, and uh, Brad Sinopoli with Galanders and Crockett in the backfield. And they can move either one of those two to a, a receiver position in motion. And you can have them going in motion. And there's... There is depth in, in the case somebody gets hurt. You know, there's still um, Devontae Dedman. There's still Raphael Arujo Lopes. There's still Timothy Flanders. And in the worst case scenario that Nick Arbuckle gets hurt, I have confidence that Dominique Davis can come in and do something productive. I don't 100%. think it was his fault last year. I think, I the think fact it was all that, his fault. The fact that, you know, he played with that roster of players who couldn't catch the common cold – you know, by the way, they should be safe from this whole coronavirus thing. I don't know if that's bad to say, but they should be safe because they can't catch. <laughs> but they definitely had a bad year last year. You can cut that if you think that was too bad. But um, <laughs> I, um, I, I have confidence that Davis comes in. You know, he was hurt for the middle of the season. The rumor came out, uh, and it certainly seemed that way because when he came in for the end of the year, he was the best quarterback by far, and he looked solid. So I think this Red Blacks team is definitely going to be back to being competitive. I don't know if they're, you know, 12 to 13 wins good again, but this team should 100% be in the playoffs. I think this is the first year that you don't see a crossover. I think that's possible. I, you know, I, Where Hamilton, the best six teams make the playoffs. I think Hamilton's still probably the best team in the East, but it takes an injury or two. That's changed. So, I mean, I think you have to. Where I think their biggest loss is Braylon Addison and Luke Tasker, who could still re-up. Yep. You know, there's still a chance that he re-signs in Hamilton. And we're still waiting on a pretty big domino in Derek Dennis, too, who's friend of the show, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah. So like there is, there's definitely, you know, places that like pieces to fall and with the draft coming up in a week, they can get some serious talent there. It, this year, no matter how many games, let it be eight, 12, whatever, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be close. Oh yeah. Speaking of, we should probably shouldn't expect 13 wins if there's a 12 game season too. So that's true. <laughs> um, but let's say, you know, I, I've said it before, if they can get going in August, probably unlikely, but if they do get going in August, they could fit an 18 game schedule and easily. For sure. Or I don't know 14. if you'd have to cut down by weeks or something, but it would I just mean, even if you do during the week, even if you have two bye weeks, I think you're probably fine. I don't know if three is 100% necessary. Definitely beneficial for the players, but I don't think you need three. I don't think you need three either. It was beneficial for the the scheduling too, though. Yeah. It made scheduling easier, adding in that extra week. For sure. If the Argos didn't have to play that Wednesday night game anymore. Yeah, that random – that three and five or what, like three games in 12 days. Yeah. Which the Red Blacks got caught in. Really, we're never yeah, happy with our scheduling anyway. But yeah, but it's going to be interesting uh, for the CFL draft. It's coming up on the thirtieth, and it, yeah, next Thursday. So we will have uh, special guests, possibly two of them, to do a draft recap for. Uh, next Friday's episode, we Ottawa. So the draft order is pretty simple. We have Calgary one taking the pick from the the Red Blacks in that Arbuckle trade, and then we have Hamilton who has two picks, uh, one from Montreal. Uh, at, they're five and eight, which they should get some good. Uh, a good look at for for them, but Ottawa's sitting at six. Hamilton uh, Argonauts are at two. BC's at three. Edmonton at four. Saskatchewan at seven. Argos at nine. So we don't have Winnipeg. Uh, we don't have. No, that's only, and we don't. What have did Montreal. Winnipeg get for that ninth pick? Zach Caleros. Oh. I'd say that worked out pretty well for them. <laughs> and Hamilton got the fifth pick for Johnny Manziel. Yikes. Okay, that one didn't quite work out as well. <laughs> and then yeah, Montreal has two picks in the second round. Yeah, six and ten for Ottawa is, is not too bad. No. And then we're sitting. And Arbuckle. Yeah, and then we're sitting. We don't have a pick. In the third round, uh, our buckle that our buckle trade, which is fine. So that, the pick, that, third, pick. that third pick went to Montreal in exchange for Chris Aki, didn't it? Which one? Ottawa's. Uh, no, it went to Calgary for in the Arbuckle. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, it was the year before that Aki pick happened. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys want, uh, if you just look up CFL Draft Tracker, you'll be able to see the entire uh, eight-round order going on. So we're going to have two guys on for next week 
to um, to hopefully talk talk about the draft. We might upload an episode early, a day early, to talk about it. We'll figure it out. But we will be right back. When we come back, we will jump into it with our special guests. Are you tired of spending hundreds of dollars to represent your favorite player in your favorite sport? Are you looking for a cheaper alternative while still getting a good quality product? Our friends at Customized Sports are here to help. With a wide selection of jersey kits available for purchase, they have the kit that fits your needs. Looking to make that Red Blacks jersey you have an Arbuckle jersey? Well, now you can. Simply visit CustomizeSports.com to find what you need. Thank you, Customized Sports, for sponsoring us. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Like I said before the break, we have a special guest. And we are now with Justin Howell, DB, with the Ottawa Red Blacks. How are you doing today, Justin? I'm great, thanks. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. Thank you for taking the time out to uh, to come on. You know, first things first, how have you been coping and dealing with this COVID-19 situation? Uh, I've been actually been doing uh, pretty, pretty good, surprisingly. Um, I'm more of a homebody type of person, so uh, it hasn't bothered me too, too much. Obviously, uh, it's difficult not being able to interact uh, daily like you normally would not be able to go to the gym, you know, see my trainer, uh, have all that routine. Cause that's probably the biggest thing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a creature of habit. I like to have my, my weekly and daily routine the same. So it's, it's been an adjustment, but, um, just doing my part to help flatten the curve and, uh, you know, staying away from people and trying to adjust really. So. Yeah, I know. So one of the, I'll go. <laughs> One of the one of the big parts of the offseason, obviously making it difficult, is the fact that you can't go in uh, and you can't do workouts with the team uh, like you normally would. So, what right. what kind of particular things are you doing to to keep yourself ready for the season when it eventually does get going? Uh, thankfully, um, I have a bunch of equipment here. Actually, um, my girlfriend and I decided to go to her parents up north uh, in Sault Ste. Marie, uh, and they have a nice home gym here uh, with pretty much everything I need. So. Uh, my trainer, actually Nick Westcott at Carleton, who does all my programming. I've been with him uh, since I left there. Um, he just adjusted some things and modified my programming. But uh, for the most part, it's been pretty good. I've been able to do most of the stuff that I was doing before. Um, obviously, you know, not having a field or anything like that. And uh, especially up north here, the snow, I think, just uh, cleared off not too long ago. So um, for the most part, it's been okay. But obviously, it's been uh, it's been an adjustment for sure. Yeah, I feel like it would definitely be easier at this time of year being in Ottawa and the working with the guys. Uh, you know, news dropped yesterday uh, with mm-hmm. that memo from the CFL, CFLPA. Yeah. Anything you can tell us about that, how as a player you're feeling, all that fun stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got that last night. Um, obviously, so uh, – Solo reached out to the guys and sent us a memo. And um, I don't know, I didn't like, you know, the sounds of it. It didn't sound like the league and uh, was being too cooperative. Uh, and obviously, you know, we need to work together to find a solution that's appropriate for, you know, both the league, the players, and, uh, you know, the, the greater society. And 
as well as the government and uh, general public. So um, I think everyone needs to work together on all facets to make sure that, you know, we can get back to normal functioning and have uh, CFL games uh, you know, for, for everybody, really. It's not just, uh, you know, myself. I think about, um, you know, all the employees uh, at TD Place, OSEG. Uh, one of my closest friends works in the office there. Um, you know, I'm thinking about him and, uh, you know, just we got to all work together and it's, uh, it's disappointing uh, to this point. So I hope they can straighten it out and find common ground. Have you, have you got, oh, have you guys been given a timeline as to when to expect anything to get back to, to kind of a normalcy at all? No, I wish, <laughs> I wish, uh, they give us anything. Um, but obviously just like anything else, every, there's a lot of unknown right now. Um, the same thing, just the fact that they've pushed back the training camp. And I get the same question every couple of days from family and friends. Just, you know, I tell them the same thing. I have no idea because we could not have a season or, we, you know, it could be a short condensed season or, you know, might play in 2021. Like we really don't know right now. And, you know, that's the, the tough part of training right now, probably, and doing your daily routine and, uh, you know, trying to, figure out what's best for you uh, going forward, but you really don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. So, New coach with Benavides. Have you been given a playbook at least to study during this time of uncertainty? Uh, they, they're in the, I know they're all working on it right now uh, to get that kind of thing set up. Uh, we have some film uh, up on our, uh, our station there that we can look up online and, um, some of the technique and things like that that we can go over uh, for specifics, but nothing like that yet. I, I know they're working on that kind of stuff and building towards um, having more resources and tools online that we can use uh, going forward before we get to training camp, if there is one later on down the road. So uh, yeah. Kind of on the front of some new faces as well. Some <clears> big <throat> names have been added to the team in the off season, including uh, Nick Arbuckle, and Jalen Saunders mm-hmm. just a couple of days ago. Have you had any opportunity to kind of talk to some of the new guys yet? Yeah, actually, uh, Nick, I, I talked to quite a bit. Um, I was at the facility uh, most days, and he was there uh, training, working out, doing, you know, doing, a th- doing his thing, taking care of himself. And uh, I actually met him and his wife uh, when they came to visit in Ottawa as well. They came by the facility, and, uh, yeah, right from the jump, you know, they're great people. Uh, super friendly and they, they seem genuinely interested in, in Ottawa and I was really glad that they decided to come and join our team um, so I'm looking forward to, to that he's a great quarterback um, I actually got a chance to play against him last year uh, when Calgary came down here and you know he's a, he's, a, he's a tough player to play against I'm just glad that you know he decided to join us uh, yeah he can be on our team so um, looking forward to that and Jalen again you know the guy I, I watched in my rookie year uh, when he's on Hamilton and he can do a lot of different things on the field. So I'm um, excited, obviously, that we get to add that piece on offense as well. With you coming back, you know, you resigned, you re-out. Was there any question in your mind that you wouldn't be back in Ottawa? Or after last season, did you have any questions? You know, a couple of your teammates have moved around. Mm-hmm. Did you think that free agency was possible for you or – Ottawa was where you wanted to be. Yeah, for sure. There was a, there was a possibility that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have been back and uh, my agent and I, we had those talks, you know, later on in the season and 
after the season. Um, just, you know, whatever our, what our options potentially could be and, you know, how scenarios might play out. But Ottawa, you know, from jump, like there was transparency there. They uh, expressed interest in me and coming back uh, pretty much right away. So um, even towards the end of the season, like I knew that, you know, that option was likely going to be there, just whether, you know, it was the right fit and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty straightforward, pretty easy process. Um, once we actually started to talk, it's just a matter of being uh, patient. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to come back. Obviously, I wanted to wait a little bit and see what happened uh, coaching staff-wise and all that. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to be back. And uh, personally, it's just it's an unfinished business thing. Um, I, I'm, I'm a prideful person, so I didn't want to walk away uh, from Ottawa after that kind of a season. So we got a lot to lot to prove and uh, we know what this organization is capable of. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. Now the draft is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll kind of throw it over to that point of view a little bit. What was your kind of process of getting drafted to the CFL? Uh, it, was a, it was a long one. Um, I was, uh, was more of a long shot. Uh, my career was pretty up and down at Carleton uh, injuries and whatnot. And um you know, going into my fourth year, uh, Coach Samara, we had a long talk and he was like, you know, what are we, what are we going to do? We got to get you, you know, to the next level. And like, we just had a really honest, uh, truthful conversation about what I wanted uh, in my career. And, um, you know, we, we I feel like we did the right things. And then he, he kind of laid it out to me, uh, honestly, what I would have to do. Like, I'd probably get a regional invite and uh, we could work from there. And then I got a, you know, getting invites to the national, et cetera. And then, yeah, going after Ottawa had drafted me. Um, he was brutally honest there too. He's like, hey, you know, you're a seventh, seventh round pick. Like those two preseason games, you got to make sure they see, you know, everything that you can do because beyond that, you're not going to get much of a chance. Uh, that's your, you know, that's your biggest uh, job interview right there. Um, but yeah, the whole process was um, – Nerve wracking, but it was a, it was a great experience. Um, just really buckling down and, you know, dialing in your nutrition, training, all that stuff, um, mentally um, focusing and, you know, doing different things like different mental training uh, techniques to, you know, make sure I was on my game going into the combine and uh, doing all that stuff. Uh, but draft day itself was definitely special for me and uh, being able to stay in Ottawa was awesome. So With playing, you've played for a lot. Last year, in 14 games, you saw some starting time. You're coming in with more experience. You know, Pruno's here to help. What kind of relationships do you guys have on the field and off the field? Uh, we've got a good relationship. Um, since day one, he's been, uh, he's been a great uh, mentor and a great vet um, to look up to. And, you know, just watching how he, how he carries himself and how he uh, approaches each day and, uh, game day but we we very uh we're very we're close you know I can talk to him about about anything I can ask him any question uh, you know he'll he'll uh, point things out to me on the field or you know we'll, we'll, he'll come to the sideline after something and you know we might have a little chat about, about what he saw or and whatnot so um yeah we're we're good um we're good friends we're good teammates um it's been nothing but you know a healthy competition between us like we understand you know, he understands, like, I, I would like to, you know, start and be in his spot. And uh, I, and the same thing goes. I know he knows 
he's trying to he's trying to keep it and he's a heck of a player but that's you know that's what you need you need healthy competition and uh, we just push each other each week to do the best that we can for the team so um, he's been a great guy to to be behind so in your opinion is there any like advice that you would give to uh, the players that are about to be drafted this year on what they need to do uh, how to get to where they need to be Mm -hmm. um I think just yeah getting it's a it's a lot that first training camp is um still to this day the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and everyone will tell you their first training camp is insane especially coming from uh youth sport level to now playing with you know former NFL players you know NCAA like big time schools great athletes um the coaching the system but definitely getting the playbook down first and foremost um do as much study as you can you're not going to sleep much uh during training camp but you got to make that sacrifice um take care of your body uh you know just be coachable do do what's asked of you in terms of scheme technique um and when you get your opportunity you gotta you gotta seize it because you don't um you don't get many and if you don't uh, rise to the occasion they're they're just gonna look elsewhere so um just trust in yourself and believe you know you're there for a reason. They drafted you. They brought you in for a reason because they saw something, and uh, it's up to you to prove that to them. So, how does it feel playing with former GGs? Because that must be interesting <laughs> when you sports. Yeah. Like, obviously, I've seen you guys have the bets for the Panda game. But <clears throat> is there anything else that goes behind the scene <laughs> week to week? Uh, no, I thought there was going to be a little more animosity between us, but uh, honestly. Uh, Lewis and Gilly, especially, are I'm I'm pretty close to those those guys. Uh, I talk back and forth with with uh, Lou all the time, um, so we're we're close. It's definitely it's a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. I thought we'd be John a little more at the time, but um, no, we've been great. Brad, same thing. He's a, he's a he's a hell of a football player, and he's a great vet. He's a great teammate. Uh, we train up a bunch this off season together, and you know we always have good conversations and. You always got something new uh, for me to learn from, you know. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been great. Obviously, the rivalry is there. And when it comes to Panda and different things, basketball, whatever it is, whenever our team teams are – our schools are playing against each other, obviously, we like to get a little competitive and, uh, you know, talk some smack. But uh, it's all fun and games. And, you know, we understand we're all professionals now. We're all teammates. And at the end of the day, that's uh, it's in the past. So, uh. Continuing with that Carlton thing, Carlton's one of the newer football programs in new sports after being gone for like 20 years. What does it mean as an alumni to see former teammates having success across the CFL? It's awesome. Like, I mean, that's, that's exactly why I chose to come to Carlton. And, uh, you know, we have a saying, part of the crew is you're committed for life. Right. So um, my whole point of going there, I wanted to help build a program and build it up. And I still go back there probably a little too much. Uh, somebody will probably tell you uh, he wants to get rid of me sometimes. I'm always around the locker room or uh, whatnot, but um, just, just proud. Um, Jack was, you know, or he came in, uh, he was my recruit actually. Um, he came in and stayed with me for his visit and everything. And just seeing, you know, the growth and maturity of that guy, um, no doubt whatever team drafts him is going to get a hell of a football player uh, and a great person. You know, he's a hardworking guy. He's got it all. He's got all intangibles. Um, 
So it, it's definitely a prideful feeling and seeing where we are at now. And I know all the other guys uh, feel the same way. So, you know, you got to leave it better than uh, where you started. So, Did you guys manage to make it out to the uh, final eight basketball tournament to watch that? No, I didn't. I didn't actually uh, make it out. I wanted to, but um, honestly, with training and everything, I was just gassed. It was in the evening, and I didn't feel like uh, going all the way to Lansdowne and dealing with all that. So we watched on TV in the living room. There, we put it on. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll go back a little bit to. I know we asked you about uh, your playbook earlier, uh, but do you know what kind of schemes you're going to be running at all? Not too sure yet. Um, have an idea, but we haven't really got too many uh, specifics. Uh, been able to watch some film um, of some old teams there, but I mean, everything's going to change. Like most teams, year in year out, you're going to have different tweaks and you know little different things. So, um, obviously, I'm, I'm excited to learn a new system, and uh, he's a highly respected coach. I'm really excited to work with him, uh, work with Knox all the guys there. So um, I'm really excited about what they're going to bring to the table. And uh, by the sounds of it, it's going to be, it's going to be good. So. so before we, we let you go, uh, what is one goal that you have for yourself? If there is a 2020 season. Just to be better uh, than I was last year. You know, that's my, that's my biggest thing. Um, you know, I want to continue to improve. I know I still have a lot to, a lot left in the tank and you know my ceiling I know I haven't come close to reaching it um starting to finally settle down as a player because everything's slowing down to me and understanding the game more as a as a player so um yeah just compete for compete for a spot and you know wherever that might be on the field who knows but I'd like to just contribute in anywhere I can and continue to um just build on what I've done in the past and you know be more of a more of a leader and contribute more on the field so sweet well hopefully we get to see you on the field in 2020 uh, thank you for coming on absolutely uh, hopefully we can have you on once the season actually kicks off uh, stay safe and hope you hope you stay well and confident in this time absolutely you guys too um thanks so much for doing this thanks for having me on and uh we definitely appreciate you guys stay safe uh, hopefully see you soon. I'm optimistic that the season's going to start. So I'd uh, love to see you guys at uh, TD soon. That would be ideal getting, I miss football. <laughs> I miss football. A exactly. Lot. <laughs> I'm playing a lot of Madden and a lot of NCAA right now. So it's all back in the good old days. Oh, I miss yeah, NCAA exactly. games. I got the 360 set up. So <laughs> what school? LSU. That's oh, it. that's it. <laughs> That's my team. I waited so long to see them win a national championship. So that's why you have I Burrow going. Football. You have Burrow going first to the Bengals. I think it's going to happen, but I've seen you know we've seen crazier things. So I don't know. Um, I think he's got a great shot to go uh, first overall. I think to me, to my eye, like you know, un, as an unbiased fan, um, <laughs> he's impressed me and surpassed even my expectations. You know, for him, like leading into the college football playoff this year, for example, I thought he, you know, outperformed even my expectations as a fan. And um, just seeing, I think he's got it all. Got the attitude, got the swagger, uh, maturity. So we'll see.
But I, I hope he, he goes number one, and I hope he turns that franchise around because they, they need it. So you're going to be watching? Absolutely. What Joey is B. What's the one thing you're looking forward to in this virtual draft? Is it a mistake? What are you looking for? <laughs> I don't know, just anything, any, any source of entertainment. I think it's just nice that we got some kind of uh, live sporting event going on. Um, so, yeah, just to see how, you know, teams draft and how things might change. Because uh, obviously it's a whole different ball game, and not being with, uh, you know, your your uh, committee there and all the board and uh, having all your staff there. It's definitely going to be challenging for GMs and, and coaches. But uh, yeah, the unknown, like everything right now, it's uh, it's exciting. So looking forward to watching. I think we all are. Again, thank you for coming on. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk soon enough, hopefully. Yes, sir, for sure. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Justin, for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to him. Before we wrap up this episode, we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about what we're going to do next week. So on Thursday, we are going to be releasing a draft day special with T. Coda and Zach from 55 Podcast to talk about the upcoming prospects and whatnot. And then on Friday, we have Justin Renfro on the show. So definitely stay tuned for that. I hope you all enjoy today's episode with Justin and I hope you guys again practicing safe distancing social distancing all that staying safe staying home for myself and Frankie thank you you can follow us 13th man podcast follow myself Shane underscore Ryan 97 and you can follow Frankie at 613 sports on Twitter we're also on Instagram at 13th man podcast have a great one we'll catch you again next week